What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Process Podcast. I am your host, Charlie Witkowski, joined as always by my co-host and best friend, Nick Veronica. And Nick, I'm going to start today off with some trivia for you. Ooh, all right. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Got your thinking cap on? I'm assuming this is Bills related, but other than that, I mean... It is Bills related. It's cracked my brain here. Yeah, you you shouldn't have to think too hard. I know it's recording this late on a Friday, so you shouldn't have to think too, too hard, you know, at this point of the week. But are you ready? Ready as I'm going to be. Your question for you. The last time the Seattle Seahawks faced the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo was 2008. Wow, okay. Which Buffalo Bill player scored the game's first touchdown? Jeez, um, 2008, I have no idea. I'm just going to guess Marshawn Lynch. Great guess. I was just about to ask if you needed a, needed a hint. That is a very good guess. It was Marshawn Lynch. Was it? Okay. Very, <laughs> I know Fred, Fred Jackson had like a little stint with the Seahawks. I was wondering if it was going to be like a Fred Fred reference. But, um, yeah, who was the quarterback for that game? Is that a Trent game or what am I? What are we looking at there? Uh, from what I saw, that was a Trent game, I think. Hmm. Towards the end of his uh, his time in Buffalo, yeah, I was. I, I thought you were going to ask about the last time when the Bills were at Seattle on Monday night, and Tyrod like almost let a comeback and then didn't. That that was a crazy game, dude. I still say that was pass interference in the end zone at the end of that Buffalo. Uh, uh, oh, you're thinking the guy on the right sideline who just got destroyed? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that was the game. Dan Dan Carpenter got destroyed on the field goal attempt before halftime, and his wife tweeted the next day that we should castrate Richard Sherman. Yes, that was an absolute. That was insane. Yes, yes. Fun fact from the 2008 season as well: the Bills actually beat the Seahawks that game 34 to 10. I don't see us having a similar result this week, but we'll get into that later. And the Bills also started that season off. Four, uh, five and one. That was a five and one season, and they went on to lose four in a mm. row. That was the year Trent got hurt, got the concussion in Arizona. Yeah, he was never the same after yes. that concussion. Yes, that was a concussion. Yep, that was a concussion game. Bills lost 41 17, so they went from four and oh to four and one, beat the Chargers the following week back home in Buffalo, and then lost four straight. And only won two more the rest of the year. All right, let's not do that again. No, no. <laughs> let, let's hope that they uh, avoid that this year. I know there's some fans that are out there like, oh, it's going to happen. I, I don't see it happening. Before we even get into last week and New England and all that, I got to say, I got to get it off my chest because I'm tired of reading it, I'm tired of seeing it. I'm sure most of Bill's Mafia is as well. Enjoy every win. I don't care if the Bills win. By 50 or 100. I don't care if the Bills beat the Jets by 50 or, or, or one point or whatever. Enjoy the win, man. The Buffalo Bills are a 6-2 and two team right now. Everyone just needs to enjoy it. All you have to do in this league is win. Because guess what? If you win the Super Bowl by one point, you still win the Super Bowl. If you win a playoff game by one point, you still win that playoff game. I don't care how much or how little this team wins by. Just enjoy every win, Bills Mafia. Enjoy it because this team is good. 
They're going through some hiccups right now. They got a lot of players injured, and maybe outside of a couple couple teams, Buffalo's one of those teams that could really benefit from a uh, a bye week right now. So, yeah, they have to win the win the AFC to have a bye week go under the new format. That right. seems kind of unlikely. Right, right, but that that Buffalo can really use. Their their bye week here in the regular season get everybody back healthy. I I don't know how many other teams right now in this league can really say the same. Obviously with Milano and Mitch Morris out now and and all of that, they can really use someone to come in, um, uh, and, and get them healthy in in the upcoming bye week, which is yeah. two weeks away. Yeah, they got play Seattle and they got play Arizona. Those are both gonna be tough games. So they're six and two right now, but it's a weird six and two. They have a negative point differential. Like I can't believe that. Six wins, two losses, and they've given up more points than they scored. They have all right. basically close wins, and they got blown out by Tennessee. And it's kind of putting it off balance. But I looked this up, man. Six and two with a negative point differential. How many teams do you think in NFL history have been six and two or better with a negative point differential? That's hard to do. Right, right. And and, and I think the whole Cincinnati thing, or I'm sorry, Tennessee thing, I was looking at there, still looking at 2008 schedule, and Cincinnati was on there. Um, the whole Kansas City thing, and 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 the Tennessee game, right? Those are their two losses. And you look at those two losses. Buffalo is still in the Kansas City game, you know, for the most part. They got ran all over the place, but from what Sean McDermott said, you know, they picked their poison that game. Did they want to get ran all over, or passed all over, and they they chose to get ran all over? Um, the Tennessee game. In my opinion, the only reason Tennessee really won that game in a blowout fashion the way they did was just they continued to get great field position the entire game. You know, granted, yes, there were some mistakes by the Bills' offense, some mistakes by the defense. The defense couldn't stop anything. Um, you know, and then Derrick Henry had the stiff arm heard around the world on Josh Norman. But at the same time, they're still not a bad team. The, the, let them get themselves together. They're going to get healthy just in time for the playoffs. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to the Super Bowl. I don't want anyone jumping to conclusions and saying, oh, the guys on the Process Podcast are picking the Bills to go to the Super Bowl. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team, but I think that they could win one playoff game this year. Actually, if you wanted to say that, we could use the publicity probably. Feel free. <laughs> Feel free. The Process the Podcast said – You heard it here? There you go. But but in all honesty, right? Like we we all know they're not a terrible team yet. They're still missing pieces, um, but they need to make sure that they get themselves healthy because the sooner Matt Milano gets healthy, the less we have to see AJ Klein on the field. Yeah, he's been uh, not good. No, I think last week I I said that I would trade AJ Klein for a bag of footballs, and someone asked me would I trade him for one football, and I said no because one football is not enough for the entire team. Wow, you there's levels to that response. I respect yes. it. I'm, I'm thinking of everyone in that situation. Yeah. The entire team should be able to win, not just one player. Uh, real quickly, you mentioned like we're hoping to get injured guys back. Were you surprised that they stood pat at the deadline? Yeah, I thought for sure they'd do something, especially at the linebacker position. Again, with AJ Klein playing the way that he is, um, which I found it strange that McDermott kind of said last week after the game that he's been – Happy with the way AJ Klein has played, which kind of took me by surprise a little. Yeah, bit. what's he gonna say though? No, right. this I guy mean, what, sucks. Kills confidence. What negative can you say, right? Um, but I, I, I'm, 
he missed a big, big, big tackle last week. That could have cost him the game. I mean, he had a third down potential tackle or an upcoming fourth down potential tackle in the backfield on third down, and he missed the guy. Picked up the first down. I think the next player two plays after Cam fumbled, luckily. But, I mean, that game almost hinged completely on him. He almost blew that game completely at, at the end there. And I thought the defense had a very good first half. I know the offense was lackluster. But, again, the other thing I think about, too, with this offense lately, for as many bad games as they've had, when's the last time they've had a game in decent weather? I, I, I don't recall any of their games. Maybe maybe the first game of the year or second game of the year in Miami. But they haven't had, like, nice weather to play in much of at all this year, if I'm not mistaken. It's been windy. It's been rainy. Ball's been wet. It's just been a mess. You can say that's why. That's one of the reasons they drafted Josh Allen. He's got the cannon arm, the big hands. He's That's not supposed to matter to him. No, it, okay, sure, it doesn't matter to him, but you know, it could matter to your receivers. It could matter to your running backs, whatever it is, right? Josh Allen can only do so much, and I understand, right? He's he, he's supposed to be the franchise quarterback, and he's supposed to take the team on his back, and he's supposed to, um, uh, you know, lead that team through good weather, bad weather, snow, fog, wind, rain, whatever. But when you have to limit your play calling, your passing game, from the kind of attack that they were having where they were hitting a lot of these deep balls and, and creating a lot of opportunity for themselves. Obviously the weather changes that game plan. And I feel like that's part of why this offense had to take a step back. Now we'll see this week. Cause I'll tell you what, you guys are getting beautiful weather this weekend. So hope everyone gets out and enjoys it, but the weather looks very nice for the, for this week's game. We'll see if Josh can get back to the way that he was week one and week two. Obviously he's missed some deep balls. Uh, throughout throughout the, the, the season as it's gone on. Um, but the other thing I feel like Buffalo has gotten away from lately as well is the little um, uh, swing passes or the little flip passes to uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I don't think we saw one last week. You know, you saw them try to, um, uh, um, you know, do some stuff at the line and, 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 and throw off New England, but we didn't see one of those plays. And I always feel like those plays are very effective for Buffalo with Isaiah McKenzie uh, running the little sweep. Kind of curious to see what, why they got away from that so much. Um, the other thing as well that I don't think we've seen a lot of that really worked for Buffalo early on this year was uh, the little cross plays through the middle. That was really working for Stephon Diggs earlier in, in the year. Josh Allen was doing a very good job of hitting Stephon Diggs, hitting John Brown, hitting uh, Cole Beasley on those crossing routes. I feel like those are things Buffalo needs to go back to as well. And we didn't see a lot of that last week either. Yeah, it's kind of interesting just, um, I guess, if you're reading between the lines between what McDermott has said and what Allen has said, it seems like the defenses they've been playing are basically doing the same thing the Bills are doing to Mahomes. It's saying, okay, they killed people with the deep ball the first three weeks. We're going to try to take that away. And Allen has been kind of carving it up underneath lately, but it's been short, short chunks. And part of me Mm -hmm. wants to say like, okay, that's a good job taking what the defense gives you, not forcing it, you know? And on the other hand, it's like, dude, just assert yourself. Like you can't, the bills for so long have been like, well, here's what the other team's going to give us this week. And we got to try to like, I was some, at some point you kind of just wanted to 
say, well, we're better than you and we're going to beat you anyway. You give us this coverage. Okay. Here's a play to beat it. And we're still going to, you know, I can't remember when was the last time they had a, a deep pass that went more than 20 yards downfield that was like designed to go deep and not like a short catch and run. Like right. the uh, I, Josh Allen's average depth of target in the last, well, I mean, really the last month, but definitely the last two weeks has been really short. Mm-hmm. So I'm still, I mean, I'm, he's, he's a young quarterback. He's growing. I want to give him credit for taking the underneath stuff and taking what's there and not risking a more dangerous throw. But still, too, you want to be able to push the ball down down the field. You're going to see this week Russell Wilson. Everyone knows what Russell Wilson's here to do, all right? This is the year of let Russ eat, and this man is feasting. And I don't think he cares if Josh Norman's in or out. He's out this week. I don't think he cares what looks he's getting, who's in coverage. He's saying, I trust my guy to go get the ball. I can put it there, and we're going to beat you playing our game. And that's sort of where you'd like to see the Bills offense grow to, at least in the passing game in the future, is this is who we are. We're going to kick your ass. I don't care what, like, the Bills don't seem to be doing that right now. And it's fine. That's part of the growth, but it's it's a little frustrating. It's going to be interesting to see this week if you're if Bills fans are kind of uh, just thinking the grass is a little bit greener over there. Yeah, you know, Buffalo's got a tough uphill battle this week. And, and, and you know, just to touch a little bit more on, on last week's game, Last week I felt like was got a little bit tougher than what it needed to be for Buffalo. I thought that they played very well in the first half. Um, obviously, I thought the offense was trying to do a lot early on, um, but it was nice to see the running game get going finally. And Zach Moss started coming around. And I, I, I know we've said on previous shows that this Zach Moss may be the better running back of the two. In my opinion, I thought he was running so much harder, so much better than Singletary was. And Singletary, it looked like uh, in the second half, once he saw the way Moss ran in the first half, Singletary started coming around. He looked like he was almost running with a chip on his shoulder and saying, hey, you're not coming in here, rookie, and taking my job. <laughs> like, whatever it might have been, it, it was some healthy in-game competition between the two of them, and it was good to see. Because this running game has to get going in order for the Bills passing game to work at some point, Right. And yeah. it's something that, that everyone has been talking about, the lack of run game, the lack of run game, the lack of run game. How high was Devin Singletary rated on fantasy football boards this year? You know, we talked about that, and, and Zach Moss for that matter. They were both rated a lot higher than what I thought they deserved. But you're not going to have an, an effective passing game with a quarterback like Josh Allen unless you can get your running game going. Because looking at last week's numbers, which is also could, could be why the Bills um, – ran the ball so much, the Patriots had – the Bills ran 55 non-knee down – yeah, I can't talk today. It's Friday, guys. The Bills ran 55 non-kneel down plays on Sunday, okay? In those 55 plays, the Bills – or the Patriots ran uh, – Patriots defense, one snap, they, run, they ran a nickel formation, so that's five DBs. 36 snaps, they ran a dime formation with six DBs. And 18 snaps, they ran a quarter formation with seven DBs. So, you know, maybe necessarily last week it wasn't so much the wind. It was more the Patriots personnel. But, you know, I'll give credit to Brian Dable. He did a very good job of seeing what what the field was giving him and doing what he had to do to get the victory, and that was run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And when you come out with those sets and you're taking a linebacker out of the box – Absolutely run the ball, 
especially with, when you have two power running backs like Zach Moss and Devin Singletary that can run over a smaller defensive back like what uh, New England has. I think that's something the Bills have actually been good at this year is realizing uh, when when are good situations to run, when you're facing light boxes, and kind of taking advantage of that. So NFL Next Gen stack, Stats actually – tracks this like how what percent of your runs are against eight plus defenders in the box and if i sort this here devin singletary has the lowest percentage in the league he faces a stacked box on only 1.08 percent of carries which is the lowest in the league by far like that is amazing like they are basically saying um i mean you could look at that the other way and almost say they don't want to run singletary against a busy box like they are pretty much only running him and it's advantageous when there's so many dbs on the field that he should be able to beat that and mm-hmm. i think that was a trend from last year too where singletary was pretty low and frank gore of all people was uh was the highest so i think there's other ways to look at it but i think that's a positive on brian dable and the bills offense is that they're taking advantage of those situations zach moss uh two touchdowns someone named charlie offered a fantasy football trade in the middle of the game, which I haven't put through yet. But th- this was uh, the state of Zach Moss. He's, he looked great. He looked so good that some people wanted to send some crazy trades in the middle of the game. That's how good he looked. Well, listen, man, some people need running back help and can't <laughs> win a game to save, to save their butts this year. Um, but, yeah, uh, Zach Moss looked really good. Two touchdowns obviously makes you look very good, especially coming in. And he looked good catching the ball early on in the year, too. Um, big fan of Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss is uh, uh, maybe, may and I, I, I believe I said this last week as well, tweeted out during the game, um, Zach Moss may be the future number one back on this team. I, I wouldn't be surprised if by next year we see Zach Moss be as the lead back and Singletary going to be in the number two back. Um, but we'll see what happens. Buffalo drafted Zach Moss fairly high. You know, knowing that they had a running back on the roster, um, I'm not mad about it. I like Zach Moss. I, I I think he's perfect for what Buffalo's trying to do. And wearing the number 20, he reminds me a lot of Travis Henry, the way that he runs the hmm. ball um, without without the 15 kids. But anyway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, but I like Zach Moss. I think this offense is finally going to get rolling. And, and we might see them take some big steps this week. Uh, who knows? Who knows what kind of game plan Brian Dable is working up? There's a reason for what you're saying about Dable before, Nick. There's a reason why Brian Dable has been in head coaching talks for the last few years. There's a reason why he's in head coaching talks again for this upcoming offseason. You know, as as much as we and and me more so than you, I think, gets frustrated with him week in, week out, it's starting to realize more that maybe it's not Brian Dable. Maybe it's coming down to execution and the Bills just aren't executing the game plan or weren't. I think Week one, week two, week three, they were doing a very good job executing that game plan. You know, the Rams game, you look at, they did, especially in the first half, did a very good job executing the game plan, got ahead early. You look at week one against the Jets, did the same thing. Week two against Miami, did the same thing. You know, it it seemed like the last few weeks are having issues on an execution side of things, and we'll see if they could fix that this week. I think having John Brown back for a second week looks to be a little bit more healthy than what he was last week will really help this team take steps forward. Because John Brown can really help stretch that field. Um, but at the same time, 
I'm okay with the little short stuff over the middle. Pick up six, seven yards of pass if that's what you need to do. I don't need to see the 20-yard bomb often every game. I know Josh Allen has a cannon. That's what you wanted. But, man, like I was saying before, just win, baby. Just win. Whatever you got to do. Let me, let me ask you, what did you think about the Bills' pass defense last week against a Patriots team that has struggled to move the ball in the air, didn't have Edelman, didn't have Harry, and still seemed like fairly effective through the air? So, yeah, you, you know, I, I think DBs have been an issue for Buffalo this year. I, I think I, I don't think Trey White necessarily has been too big of a problem, but at the same time, Milano's not the same as he was the last couple seasons. Um you know, covering tight ends, covering the slot guy, whatever it might be. Tron he, he's out this also. week, by the way. Milano's going to be out this week. By yes, the way. Milano's out. Milano's out. I did see that. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, kind of same thing. Then you look at uh, uh, Tremaine Johnson. Tremaine Johnson has taken a huge step backwards this year, I think. He got beat on a – there was one point in the game, it was a slant, I believe it was the third quarter, there was a slant over the middle. It was third down and second or third down maybe. And he had inside leverage on his receiver at the line of scrimmage. He was playing the inside, almost knowing that there was a slant coming. The snap comes, and the receiver runs a slant, and somehow Teron Johnson ends up behind the receiver. Instead of being in front of him, being with him, he ends up behind him. Guy catches it first down. Tremaine Johnson, I thought, had, had a really good shot this year for, for sticking around in this team for a little bit longer as a slot defensive back, and he's hurting them. And it shows. I, I, I feel like he's being picked on the most. Uh, I f- still feel like the safety play has been a little bit lackluster. I thought uh, uh, Poyer had a little bit better of a game, maybe his best game so far this year. Um, but that that team, that defense needs to do more. You know, through this point last year, Tremaine, or I'm sorry, uh, Jordan Poyer, uh, Hyde, and Tredavious White all had multiple interceptions already. This year, they all have none through this Mm -hmm. point of the season. You know, that's what you need from your defense to win games. There's going to be times, and we saw it with the Kansas City game. We saw it with the Tennessee game. There's going to be games where your defense is going to have to go out and win you a football game. Josh Allen's still young. He's not going to be able to click every single game. He's not going to be able to have games like what he's had multiple weeks this year. Defense is going to have to win games, and if you can't win games by turnovers like they did at the end of last week, then Buffalo has has a rude awakening coming. But again, this goes back to what we said earlier. A lot of injuries on this defensive side of the ball. Let's see what they can do to get healthy. Um, You know, I'm I'm going to be curious to see what – what can happen after the bye week with a healthy Buffalo Bills team? You know, it could be, could really be anything with these guys. These guys are, they're, it's, they're not a bad team. They are not a bad team. I, I want to specify that. They're not a bad team. And you said it earlier, you know, shows earlier, Nick, that this team can really beat anybody, right? We, they can go out week in, week out. They can beat anybody but it's all going to depend on what defense shows up because if the defense can get off the field quick and keep the, keep the offense in rhythm and keep the offense going, that's huge. 
I feel like the offense has done a very good job this year on third downs. They're actually leading the league in third down conversions, um, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, and, and that's something they're going to they're gonna have to – I'm sorry, third down efficiency. They're 51.6% on third down this year, number one in the league. Um, wow. So that's something that going into this week, and I thought that's something that they did well last week as well. New England couldn't get off the field on third down, and Buffalo was able to keep them on the field multiple third downs and keep drives going and keep long drives moving. And, again, those are things we saw in the first few weeks. Buffalo had very long drives. They need to do that again this week. Yeah, it's been frustrating to me on the inverse of that. Their defense is 30th on third down. They've given up a first down on more than 50% of their third downs. And that's been frustrating to watch. Mm -hmm. It it absolutely is. I I don't know how many times I'm texting you or or I text a lot of people during the game. Yeah, you say, can they get this damn defense get off the field? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. The the defense needs to get off the field. It's plain and simple. It's not rocket science. Any, you know, anybody who watches a Bills game right now can tell you why can't this defense get off the field on third downs? You know, again, they did a very good job in – the first half last week of getting off the field in third downs, but they also put New England in some pretty tough spots on third down. You know, New England had a lot of um, long third down conversions that they had to convert throughout the game. Actually, the stat right here, if I can find it. Um, there it is. So the Pats distance on third down, they were – Third and 12, third and 18, third and eight, third and eight, third and one, third and 19. And they got how many of those? Uh, I believe the Patriots only got two of those. I can check that for you then. I mean, keeping keeping it the third and long, you would generally say is good. And then how many times this year the Bills have given up third and 12, third and 15? And you're like, what the frig? I thought we were, you know, I thought they were about to get off the field. And like, that's just backbreaking. You feel so confident. You're like, okay, finally, we did something good. We got them third and long, offense getting ready, and then nope. And then you pick up third and 12, then the offense feels great, and they're like, okay, 20 more yards, we're in field goal range. We can keep this going. Mm -hmm. Like, kills Mm -hmm. you when you can't get off the field. Yeah, and the defense, again, they they, they need to find the way to get off the field this week because um, um, Seattle – it's a very good team, man. This game scares me. And this is a game that early on I had uh, down as, as a game that Buffalo could win. Then I also had it down as the game that it's going to be the first game that they lose. So this game can really go either way, I feel like. And we'll see really how um, how this team comes out and looks right off the bat. I feel like we'll know fairly early on um, what Bill's team is showing up to play that week or this week against um, uh, against the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, honestly, it's gonna. It looks like it's gonna be a game of who can out, who can outscore the other one, who can score last almost because Seattle moves the ball almost that well, and their defense gives up like 500 yards a game. So they Seattle never plays a normal game. It seems like they're in 37, 34 games. You know something insane like that. So. Uh, the Bills' defense has not really shown that it can stop too many people, you know, regularly this year. Mm-hmm. It's I I feel like this game's going to come down to if the Bills can score enough to keep up with Seattle. So I could see this game being 34-31, or I could see it being you know Seattle 
in the thirties and the bills, you know, 21 or something like, like if, if the bills can't score, that's what I think it's going to come down to. Cause I don't see the bills defense really putting a stop on the freight train. That's the CL offense that scores this way every week. Yeah. Uh, real quick, Nick, going back to the point I was making on the third down conversion, the Patriots actually, I thought they only converted a couple of them. They converted five of 10 third downs. Buffalo was five of 11 on third down. Hmm. That's tough, look, man. Looking through the stats from this game, it's crazy how close every single stat is. Which you is know? not really what you want to see when you're playing a team that's not really that good. No, no. I, I, again, right? How bad was the weather early on? Every The ball was all over the place early on. Luckily, you didn't need eight field goals, you know, eight field goal attempts to try to win this game. You know, Buffalo's able to put score touchdowns and 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 get on the board. Um, whether they ran it, um, you know, they, they only had seven passing first downs. Hmm. Um, and 14 rushing first downs. So just really shows you how little they threw. Josh only threw the ball 18 times. He was eleven for eighteen, which I think is fairly good in my opinion, but he did have that uh that one interception. Yeah, and that looked like it could have been a miscommunication there with Diggs on the sideline. He seemed like he might have been taking the blame for that. Yeah, that's really all. In my opinion, again, from what I saw, it looks like um, Diggs went to the outside. and Yeah, yeah like first first glance, you're like, what kind of throw was that? It was horrible. Right. And then it's like, well, it wouldn't have been horrible if the guy went to where he was supposed to go. But And, and Diggs owned up to it. You saw him go to the sideline real quick and be like, yeah, that's on me. That's on yeah. Me. All right, so um, one thing we, we have not talked about here is that they beat the Patriots, all right? Like any other year, you're like, holy cow, they finally beat the Patriots. This was Sean McDermott's first win against the Patriots. So even though it was not as um, impressive or as dominating as you would have liked it, and the Patriots are 2-5, and five, they stink, um, it's a win against the Patriots. And the Bills kind of claim some AFC East supremacy there. I got to ask you, Sean McDermott is in his fourth season as coach. Tell me, where do you think beating the Patriots ranks among his best wins? You think it's top five, top three, top ten, top, I don't know. He's got, you know, two dozen of them at least. Yeah, you know, I'd say you could put this one up there probably around the uh, the top five range, right? Um, maybe top three. You know, I look back at uh, – some of the Bills' schedules from 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 early on in the McDermott days, the one that really jumps off the page to me the most was um, the win in 2017 against the Atlanta Falcons. That was a game, even though Buffalo uh, was going into that game in Week Four, uh, they were two and one going into that game at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Uh, a lot of people had them written off fairly early on that they were not going to win that game. And to win the game the way they did, I thought they played very, very well. They did win 23-17 that game. Um, that is a game that I, I, I feel like kind of gets overlooked a little bit in the early on in the McDermott, uh, McDermott era. Well, I made a list of uh, my top five McDermott wins, and that was not on there. So I guess it is overlooked. Yeah, man, that, that's when it gets forgotten about. And obviously, you know, I feel like you can't talk about a McDermott win without talking about the uh, Week 17 game that year uh, 
at Miami. Obviously, that one, that one's on the list. Like that game, Miami sucked that year, but it was just the Bills needed a win to keep the playoff hopes alive. And you've seen this before; they just needed a win and they blew it. So that was the game itself wasn't that impressive, but just the fact of what was at stake made it. It's on my list here. I think I had that one fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was mm-hmm. putting. I'm. I'm still going. Dallas on Thanksgiving was, I think, his best win. That was that was a statement against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, that and the Cowboys were still good at that point, and you kicked their butts, kind of. You embarrassed them at home on Thanksgiving, where they play every single year, and cemented yourselves. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's probably number one for me. Um, number two, like, man, once you really go through McDermott's wins, there's like you can kind of poke holes in a lot of them. So. Pittsburgh on Sunday Night Football last um, that was last year at the end of the season. Yeah, that, that was an important win, but they like their quarterback was Delvin Hodges. Like that's, but that's still yeah. a game where the quote unquote experts thought Buffalo had no chance. Yeah, you that's know? what I mean. Like like it's it's making my list of impressive wins, but it's still like you can poke like you can poke holes in that. Dude goes by the name Duck. Like, what the hell? He's, he's, <laughs> he's not even in the league anymore. I don't think. I what, don't know. What, what about I have? What about um, the 2018 game against the Minnesota Vikings? The Josh Allen hurdle game. Yep, that one is on my list. I put it down lower just because it wasn't like uh, you know playoff importance. But I thought mm-hmm. the way how badly they started that year in Minnesota, every thought was going to be so good. And then the Bills put a smack on him, and it was kind of fun to watch. Yeah, you know, that was a, a – I mean, that was just a fun one, like you said. That was a fun one to watch, whole Josh Allen jumping over um, uh, uh, Anthony Barr, which of all things, right, then he was about to come to the Jets last season. It was like, nah, I'm out. I'm going back to Minnesota, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Um, but I, I, I thought that one's also up there. Um, what about do you have – 2018 against uh, Jacksonville. That was the Josh Allen is trash game from. Um, uh, what's I, I refuse to believe that any time you've beaten Jacksonville in the last decade was important. Okay. They suck. Okay. <laughs> okay. The only reason the only reason I say that, and maybe that is more of a Josh Allen game than a, a McDermott game because that was a game that Josh Allen was like, "You're talking crap about me." Let me prove it to you. And Josh Allen, I, I thought had a very good game that 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 week. Um, granted, it was only a a bad year. I think Buffalo was six and ten that year. Um, yeah, but- I had the the other games I had were the snowvertime game against the Colts because they were still in the playoff hunt, and you just had to win out of some insane circumstances. And I had the underrated game here's the 2017 game against the chiefs the if you remember the the bills got their butts handed to them like three weeks in a row and they gave up like 40 50 points and they were just in a bad skid there and they stopped that by beating andy reed's chiefs with it still with alex smith the quarterback um so that one kind of fades away i think but it was it was pretty important at the time to keep that first playoff run on track and honestly that's all i have like that's the list so the patriots game Again, not super impressive, but just given what was at stake, I'm putting that one probably fourth or fifth. Like, well, and and let's face it, Nick. For as much as he's beat the Jets, right? Beat the beat the Dolphins. Those two teams haven't been good in a while. You, I I would wouldn't count either one of those games against either. Again, except 
the, the, the game in 2017 against the Dolphins that got you into the playoffs. Um, but other than that, I mean, I wouldn't count any of your division wins right now as impressive, you know, any anything in the AFC East because the AFC East has been so bad for so long. And, that's, and that, that takes up four-year games a year. And you look at the other 12, yeah, you know, maybe he gets wins. But at the same time, the Bills' schedule, as difficult as it's been, it hasn't been super crazy, in my opinion, in, in the last few seasons where you look at it and you're like, man, you know, Buffalo's got a really, really hard schedule. And I think maybe we looked at it early on this year like that, but the way the schedule is playing out right now, their schedule for the end of the year, there's a lot of winnable games in here. A lot of winnable games, mm-hmm. and um, and and I think that they have another. I don't want to say easy schedule, but there's a lot of games here where they can win and they can still be an eleven and five, possibly a twelve and four team. I don't see them beating Pittsburgh right now because Pittsburgh is playing some darn good football, um, and I don't see them beating uh, uh, Seattle this week either. So, we'll have to see what uh, what they yeah, can do. I, I think if they could they beat if they beat Seattle convincingly, that would rank pretty highly on McDermott's best wins. I think. Oh yeah, I, I mean, I think that goes right up there, right? That goes right up there. Um, you you beat Seattle this week. If Buffalo could go into their bye week at seven and three, I'd be very happy with that. And I think Sean McDermott would be too. So you either got to beat Seattle this week at home or you got to beat Arizona next week. And Arizona's a beatable team, I think. I, I I think Arizona's a beatable team. I think Buffalo just needs to find a way to stop Kyler Murray. But they did a good job with um, Cam Newton this past week. They did a good job with uh, Patrick Mahomes a few weeks ago. We'll see what they can do this week with Seattle. I feel like this Seattle game is going to be a lot like their game against Kansas City where they're going to focus on maybe stopping the run or stopping the pass more and forcing them to run the ball on them and let them run the ball and let them slow the game down and Buffalo's offense just get out there and move, move, move. As, as banged up as, as Buffalo is, Seattle's got a lot of players banged up as well. So we'll see what happens. But if they can get a win this week, I think this win this week in Seattle would automatically shoot to maybe the top game of Sean McDermott's wins. All right, so give me your score prediction. What's the line? Do you know? Uh, Bills. It was smaller than I thought. It's Bills minus three or Bills plus three. Oh wow! What's the over under? What are we looking at? Uh, high. I want to say it was like fifty five. I could double check. It was high. I don't see it being a real high scoring game. I think if it is a high scoring game, you know that it's going to be from this uh, this Seahawks offense. I mean. You, you look at everything, right? Seattle's currently ranking first. They're averaging 34.3 points per game. Russell Wilson's completing 71.5% of his passes, and he has 26 passing touchdowns. He's having, right now, the NFL's best passer rating and is averaging 300 yards passing per game. Yeah, he's having he just, had a, he had a season in eight games. Like Some quarterbacks won't get that all season. But with that said, and, and one thing I've, I've I failed to mention, especially going into this week, since McDermott and Frazier have been together in Buffalo, you know the, the defensive minds have come together. Um, they've been real. They, they've ranked at the top every single season uh, in fewest big plays allowed of 20, 20 plus and forty plus. 
They're usually first and second every single year, and they're still doing a good job of that, I feel, this year. They haven't really been beat on a lot of deep passes this season yet either. Um, so we'll see if they can – Yeah, this is going to be – that's a great point, and this is going to be the test of that of that mindset and of that stat this week against a big play offense. And Hyde's back this week, um, so we'll see how much he plays. But let's be honest, man, this – these safeties and Tredavious White. Tredavious White just got paid. Tredavious White needs to get his stuff together. I don't want to say get his stuff together because the ball's not coming his way enough. But Tredavious White needs a turnover this week. Buffalo needs to win the turnover battle early this week. Um, and ju- ju- just get ahead early on. Let Seattle have to come back. And I feel like that that's a big key to victory is, is winning that turnover battle and winning it quick. Force Seattle to do something because you know what? DK Metcalf can beat you to catch that ball one yard past the line of scrimmage and he can take off. You know, his straight line speed is very, very good. As much as he got dogged on it in the in the combine. That was that was not for that was for his uh side to side speed. This three cone uh, drill was slower than you're Brady. Right. You're right, you're right. His three cone drill was slow. But man, he is a freak. And then you got Tyler Lockett on the other side. You got to worry about, mm-hmm. um, and obviously no Josh Norman. Fine with that. I'll be curious to see um, who they call up from the practice squad this week. What they decide to do. Um, but with all of that said, I'd probably say this week is going to be very similar to the New England week. Um, I'm going to take uh, Seattle. I'm taking Seattle twenty-eight twenty. 28-20. All right, I'm uh, I'm taking Seattle in a higher scoring game. I'm gonna go 34-24. Do you really think the offense gets rolling this week? Jamal Adams is back also this week for whose Seattle, offense? You're talking about Buffalo's <laughs> offense. You think Buffalo's offense gets going and 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 starts putting up? Uh, I don't. Going? I don't. I don't know if 24 is really getting going. They haven't put up 24. So, well, they put up 24 last, last week. week. Yeah, and they didn't but, look that good doing it. But before that, I mean, they were three weeks without putting up 24 points. You think that they, they're going to put up 24 again? Yeah, I think Seattle's, I mean, Seattle's defense is super soft. So they, they play high-scoring games. It's kind of like basketball where you have teams that just play at a faster pace. It's like mm-hmm. there's going to be points scored in this game. But I, I just I don't see the Bills' offense being able to keep up with what their defense is likely to allow here. I'm taking Seattle on the road and to cover. Yeah, I, I mean – I think it's if Buffalo wins, great. I'm not going to be mad if they win. I don't think no. anybody will. No, but, of course not. I just see Seattle plays ridiculous games. Seattle could be up two touchdowns and then somehow blow it and then still come back. Like every week, Seattle does something ridiculous, and they got a lot of injuries. Their running backs are banged up, so it could. It's just it's going to be the Russ show, and I I don't trust the Bills defense to stop that yet. Hey man, the big talk this week though is let Josh cook, man. Let Josh cook. <laughs> if Josh Allen can get going early on, whether it's running the ball and holding on to the ball while running the ball, or um, or uh, um, you know being smart in the pass game like what he was weeks one through three, um, Buffalo I think could end up winning this game. But you need a smart Josh Allen. Even the Josh Allen that played against the the Raiders I thought was a very good Josh Allen. So they're going to need to ha- <clears throat> have him. Excuse me. <clears throat> play some. Uh, uh, week one through four football again 
and start finding his rhythm again early on because this offense needs him. Um, and whatever Dable had drawn up those first four weeks, he's got to find it in his back pocket somewhere. Somebody's got to find out. Like the, the the phrase of the year is "Let Russ cook." Somebody's got to ask Sierra, "What does Russ cook in the kitchen?" <laughs> I don't know. That's a, from what I heard. He doesn't cook. I think she does all the cooking. Well, I mean, I think they probably just have their own chefs, probably. But I mean, between the two of them, I'm sure they're they're not cooking for themselves. Yeah. That's all. It's like a guilty pleasure. Like when they have when they interview famous people and then they ask them like. I saw a thing with Robert Pattinson at the start of, of quarantine. He was like stuck in London shooting a movie. Um, then he, he only had like one change of clothes and stuff. And he was just stuck in this apartment cause they, you know, they wouldn't let the air, the airplanes leave. And man, this dude, he did an interview like on Skype with GQ or something. And his attempts to cook food were just absolutely pitiful. Like no, no normal life skills. And it was like sort of funny. So it's, it's, it's always funny to me when they show like fabulously wealthy people who don't really need to know how to cook anything for, for themselves, trying to cook something for themselves. So I would, uh, I feel like like Russ has some of those skills, you know, in there still. So I, I wouldn't count him out totally, but if anybody sees that link, definitely uh, shoot, shoot it to me on Twitter and I'll, I'll retweet it. Yeah, man, I, that's going to be a fun, it, this can't, could be a fun game. I don't say it's going to be, it could be a fun game. It could also be a very frustrating uh, game for Buffalo and 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 could make a lot of people really angry really quick. It, it's going to go one yeah. of two ways, right? It, let's face it. We knew it coming into this week that this game could go one of two ways. But you do have Arizona next week, and you do have your bye week. Just get your bye week and get healthy because you have the Chargers coming to town after that. You go to San Francisco, who is very, very banged up. Um for Monday night football. Then you got Sunday night football the following week against the Steelers. That's the next big game after this game that I am circling on the calendar as a game that if Buffalo can't win this week against uh, Seattle, that Pittsburgh game, if they find a way to win that game against Pittsburgh could be the next number one Sean McDermott win on the list. Yeah. All right, man. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. It should be fun. Um, I did have a, another stat for you, actually, Nick, or another question for you. All um, right. So if the Bills win this week, they go to 7-2. and two. When's the last time the Buffalo Bills were a 7-2 and two football team? 7-2, and two, man. I f- I'm thinking Super Bowl years here. Is that, am, I in the, am I right there? You're right in the Super Bowl years, yes. All right. Um, I want to say 91, but I feel like they could have been it after that as well. I'll say 91. Ooh. Is that your 90... answer? Your voice says I should say no, but it's too late. <laughs> so they were last 7-2 in 1993. So I'm seeing a lot of stats this year coming out. My, my point of this is that a lot of stats coming out this year of a lot of things they're doing this year is very similar to what they've done in the Super Bowl years. Um. So I'm, I'm going to be curious to see where we are at the end of the year compared to the Super Bowl years. Not say, Again, not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. You heard it here first. <laughs> a lot of comparisons is what I'm seeing in, uh, in, in this season from, from that season. They were a 12-4 and four team last year, and I still think that they, they, they still could maybe be a 12-4 and four team. 
the opportunity is still there for them to be a 12 and 14. But I definitely math, think that uh, it's mathematically that possible. Those, those, that adds up. Right. Right. <laughs> if they go 12 and four again since for the first time since 1993, watch out. So, Nick, what else you got for me this week, man? Um, I want to ask you one hockey question. Yes. It's, it's not really a question. Um, I was going to say, just give me your over-under. Is the first NHL game of the year before or after New Year's Eve? After. After, for sure. What about New Year's Day? Still after? after yeah, I think they're, they'll play it like maybe the following week. Um, I mean, I know they want to try to get it in. I heard that the Winter Classic is canceled, I think I've, I've heard, and the All-Star weekend's canceled. Um, I'll tell you what, I like a shorter season for hockey. I know 82 games is not – too bad but it's still long and i'm really hoping that major league baseball also adopts a shorter season because i'll tell you what it was a lot of fun watching a 62 game football or uh, baseball season this year as opposed to watching 182 games man every single year baseball is like there's like a thousand games and like we need all of these for the sanctity of the sport and this year they were negotiating like oh 60 50 40 we don't even like baseball like we right. don't games what yeah so i don't know so 162 is too many like come on it, it's a lot of games man it's a lot of games it's a lot to sit down and watch watch baseball and i and i'm much like you i like enjoying baseball um i i, I like watching the game i like everything about it but it's hard to get into baseball season early on when you know you still have another 160 games to go you know, and that was fun this year because every game this season really mattered. And I feel like that's how baseball should be. So, you know, just throwing it out there. If, if, if you know, I know that the the the, uh, uh, the head of Major League Baseball kind of sucks right now with his Justin Turner comments and Justin Turner himself and all the COVID crap. But here's hope, man. Fingers crossed, hoping that it's possible. Cheers to hope. Cheers to hope. Tweet us at the underscore process pod on Twitter. You find Nick at Nick Veronica on Twitter, and you can find me at Chowit68 on Twitter. Uh, questions, comments, concerns, likes, don't likes, everything. We want to hear it all. Hit us up. Thanks for listening, and remember to always trust the process. <laughs>